0: five to wherever you are, this is Schwa Wars. Hello everyone, my name is Adam Hayes and we have another amazing and special episode because it's time for another retro wrestling review where we take a look back at a pay-per-view that actually took place unlike you know, the Victory Road one that we did when it actually aired uh, with a pay-per-view in question this time around is WWF's, not WWE, WWF's Invasion 2001. Of course, this came out 20 years ago today, which is Makes me really feel fucking old after saying that out loud. Uh, But joining me in going down memory lane and feeling really, really old in the process is none other than the incomparable Jordan Lloyd. Jordan, how's it going, man?
1: What's up? This show sucked. I'm kidding. It was pretty good.
0: (laughs) Well, now that we already know your opinion on the show, we can just, you know, leave it at that and just call it a day. Um, Yeah, Invasion 2001, a lot of hype going into this. Again, what can be said that already hasn't been said for the comes to the star power. Of course, everyone. Oh my God! Where was Ric Flair? Where was Hulk Hogan? Yeah, okay, but
1: we're not gonna t- we're not gonna talk about that. Yeah, we're, we're not, not gonna, gonna t- talk about the shit of what it coulda is. We're gonna talk about what we got.
0: Exactly. So, and what we believe is, you know, honestly, a really interesting pay per view that is, you know, going to have its, you know, its haters for the reason you just said. But ultimately, if you just look at it as an actual pay per view, like we just did solid pay-per-view top to bottom i mean of course there were some little flunkies in the middle and we'll get to that because of course we're going to be going match by match going through everything and of course at the very end before the main event just like we did for victory road which of course you can go back in the archives over at anchor.fm slash podcast and we're actually gonna be doing a fun little watch along for the main event for the inaugural brawl i hate that name such a stupid fucking name I didn't just like, you know, the big blowout or something like that. Just like something much better. The big blowout. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Fuck off. Well, if that's the best you got. I'll
1: take the inaugural brawl any day of the week.
0: <laughs> Be that as it may. Um, of course I saw this pay-per-view for the first time, uh, when it aired at the Cineplex here in Oshawa, uh, you know, a lot of people just sold out, you know, the Cineplex auditorium. Um, was happy to get my seat. I was sitting there with my good buddy Sean at the time. Big bucket of popcorn. Won a trivia contest. Won the uh, Invasion t-shirt, which, lucky me, I got a face of Vince McMahon and Shane's mushed up, mutated face on, <laughs> on my goddamn chest. <laughs> uh, I'm coughing. Uh, <laughs> that I wore for the rest of the night. Uh, but um, How about yourself? Like, Did you watch this pay-per-view live as well? What about you?
1: Uh, I didn't watch it live. I, I found out there was basically what I did was this is what I did when I couldn't watch a pay-per-view live. I basically tried to log on to WWE.com the next day, as soon as I possibly could. Right. Cause they would always have the, all the results posted. That's what I did. And lo and behold, the way the show ended, when I turned on the, when I turned logged into WWE.com, kind of shocked, kind of mad. Because I didn't understand it. Well,
0: I know exactly what you're talking about. So, well, of course, let's just kind of dump dive right into things with the actual pay-per-view. Of course, this took place uh, from the Gund Arena, uh, I believe, in Cleveland, Ohio, yes, on Sunday, July 22nd, 2001. So, again, 20 years ago today, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, we're not talking about the pre-show match between Chavo and...
1: no one cares. Well, wow.
0: Oh not That's
1: rude. Um... <laughs> Nobody cares about Chavo versus well, Scotty Too Hotty.
0: <laughs> Let's just talk about the opening matchup then, of course, on the card. Representing WWF, it was Edge and Christian. Of course, Edge was coming off the 2001 King of the Ring victory uh, that he had just uh, you know the month prior. And then taking on the forever tag team ECW originals of Lance Storm and Mike Awesome, which they made a point as uh, Mike Awesome having the dubious task, or not task, of you know, notable note rather, uh, being the first WCW guy to enter the halls of Madison Square Garden when he won the Hardcore Championship. So, hey, that was big. It was huge. It's just going back to the name thing. It's like, all right, the first ECW, or sorry, first WCW guy to go through Madison Square not Garden. Not
1: Sting, not Goldberg, not, nope. not Flair. Nope, the Fat Chick Thriller. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> when I think WCW, I think Mike Awesome, circa 2000, 2001. So. Yep. Um, be that as it may, of course, uh, while we're doing this as well, we're going to be giving our star rating, just like we did with the last pay-per-view, uh, and comparing it to what Meltzer gave it as well, because of course Meltzer, you know, knows everything. Well, apparently, um, you know, this was before he lost his cuckoo mind. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, edge and Christian again, solid, you know, tag team matchup, the crowd, which is really ready for everything with this. Uh, Mike, awesome. I made the comment at one point, like when we were watching this, just like, I couldn't tell, even with his back turn, I don't like the haircut that he had. He looked like just one of the natural born thrillers, like just like from the back. And it's not bad. It's just.
1: You prefer mulleted Mike Awesome? I preferred
0: awesome. mulleted Mike Awesome, yes. But, like, also, too, and I said this prior, like, of course, you guys are like, what were you talking about? Um, that Mike Awesome did so much better when he worked with, obviously, smaller guys and was put in a position where he looked like a big fish in a small pond. Here, he was already in the land of the Giants. There was nothing special about him. So edge his top was, rope splashes. Ed, edge was
1: almost the same size. Yeah, that.
0: that's what I mean. So, like, his top rope splashes, power bombs and all that stuff, while all physically impressive. We're kind of minute in this case. You know what I mean? So
1: no, I can see that.
0: Nothing awesome about awesome. You should say. Well,
1: yeah, I saw what you did there.
0: (laughs) Uh, Of course, uh, ultimately it was edge and Christian getting the victory over Lance storm and Mike awesome. Uh, Meltzer did give this matchup two and a half stars. You know what? I I would give it as well. The same thing again, the crowd was just really into it. I think they were just ready for everything this pay-per-view had for us. And boy, did they ever with the middle of this card. Uh, but again, we'll get into that as time goes on Jordan, do you have anything to say about this match? And what would you give this match as well?
1: No, it was a good, solid opener I mean, again, strange a strange team that you put against Edge and Christian Where it's like seven-time tag team champions, I think, at that point And then Mike Awesome and Lance Storm, a thrown-together team Like, what did you think was going to happen? Um. Um, no, it was a good, solid opener The crowd was into it it's so one of those rare times where I said watching this that it's it's rare now that you can see a crowd so hot throughout the night, except for like a couple s- slight points. Right. Nowadays, it seems like crowds are fighting to stay awake, even in an opening match. Um, no, it was good. Had some good spots, some almost botches, but they made up for them pretty really well. I'd yeah, I'd say two and a quarter stars. I'd say that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Good finish, though. Good finish too.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, next match up on the card, uh, as Jr. called it, bowling shoe ugly. Um, but you know what? Not the worst thing on the card, and a lot of people are gonna be like, "What the fuck are you smoking?" We'll get to that in a Hold second. A minute, wait, wait, wait! What did Miller give this? Uh, he gave he this. He gave it nothing. He gave it nothing. So There's pretty no much, star. Like a, he gave it a zero-star dud rating at this point. <laughs> no um The match we're talking about is the battle of the referees between Nick Patrick of WCW taking on WWF's Earl Hebner with special guest referee Mick Foley. Uh, okay, so at, I'll 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 throw I'll yeah, throw you, this can, out there. you
1: can start. Go ahead. This was not supposed to be a five-star classic. anybody who thought Shut it the was, fuck up. anybody who thought it was, I don't know what's wrong with you. Flare Steamboat, Okada, Omega, <laughs> but, Heb- Hebner, and Patrick. <laughs> but, but the angle leading into this, I remember watching this weekly on TV. The angle leading into this worked, like you would have the divide between the companies cut so down the middle that it would even go to the referees, not letting one. Hang their shirts on their side of the room. That makes sense. Bunch of petty bitches, if you ask me, but yeah. Was this supposed to be a five-star classic? No. But what they what you got out of it was just an ugly fight between two referees. And you know what? It worked and it was entertaining. I agree.
0: Uh, by the way, previous note from the last match, it went 10 minutes and 10 seconds. This matchup actually went two minutes 50 seconds. Honest perfect time for this thing.
1: Yes. It was
0: great. The fans were into it. They thought it was probably just hilarious that two referees were just bumping all over the place with each other. Um, Nick Patrick actually took some good bumps. Oh, my goodness. Yes, he did. Um, I mean, that goes with his former wrestling training back in the day. And then, of course, you know, you had the the baseball slide by Patrick. They go to the outside. Uh, What was it, referee Jack Doan? My God,
1: Jack Doan predated Roman Reigns with the Superman punch. He killed, I think it was, Brian Hebner. He knocked the shit out of him. He would have knocked him out cold with that Superman punch. Yeah,
0: ultimately uh Foley, you know, throws at the WCW referees, leading to Earl Hebner hitting one of the ugliest spears you'll ever see. Oh yeah. When it got a three count. It yeah, got the three count and ultimately got the victory, and then, you know, Nick Patrick was arguing with Foley, calling it bullshit at the end, and then he uh he had a little taste of Sako at the end there. He sure uh, did. Uh but yeah, you know what? Like I said, at the time, absolutely hated it. I've been like, why are the referees wrestling? This is stupid, blah, blah, blah. Now, Fucking great. Loved it. Like, absolutely just wonderful. I mean, this was more entertaining than Goldberg and Lesnar won.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I think that's just because of the bowling shoe ugliness of the match. And just because of, like, how over the top it was. And like I said, I'm a traditionalist when it comes to wrestling and stuff like this. But this was just fun. And that's what I did. I had fun with this match. Again, some of the other matches that we'll get into later, not so much. But... (laughs) Um. Anything you want to say before
1: we move on? No. I mean, again, when I was when I was younger, I was I wouldn't have given this a second thought. I would have been like, let's get. Th- I would have thought this was filler, right? Back in then, I would have been like, all right, let's get through the referee match and get over it. But when you get older and you get to appreciate the nuances of things more, people have been saying there's nuances in a match with Earl Hebner and Nick Patrick. <laughs> but when you get older and you realize the nuances of certain things, you get a new appreciation for it.
0: Yep. Next matchup on the card uh, was the WCW World Tag Team Champions of Palumbo and Sean O'Hare of the Natural Born Thrillers taking on the APA Bradshaw and Farouk. Uh, This matchup was going 7 minutes and 17 seconds. Meltzer gave it one star. You know what? Fine tag match again. Just four big dudes beat the crap out of each other. Um, I've said this before time and time again to my friends. Loved Sean O'Hare as a kid. Still love him now. He had such a cool look and everything. Uh, The actual match itself, it just... Standard again, tag match. They were still coming off the you know the high of the first match. The second match being entertaining, so the crowd was still with it. We'll get to why they died in the next matchup. But again, just a fun tag match. I'm not sure why Meltzer hated as much as he did. I would have still gave this at least you know star and three quarters, maybe even star and a half. Oh, by the way, previous matchup getting two stars just for the <laughs> entertainment uh, entertainment factor alone. But for this matchup, I would give it like a star and three quarters for myself. Um, ultimately, Bradshaw and Farouk do get the victory over Palumbo and O'Hare. That makes it three victories in a row for WWF, at least on the main card, because they counted that Chavo victory over, who would they say? Was it Scotty
1: Too Hotty? Scotty
0: Too Hotty as a, you know, WCW, ECW victory for them. But anything you want to add for this tag match? Or?
1: No, I mean, it was a basic little tag match. I mean, again, something like this being on this card would make sense. You would have the champions face the champions. Um, Sean O'Hare is another unfortunate tragedy in the pro wrestling world. Yeah, uh, somebody that was taken before he could have reached his true potential. But it's fun watching him work. It's also fun watching him work when he was really young, like he was here. Mm. Like he was. I said when we were watching it, like Palumbo and O'Hare were a great team in WCW, but they just had no teams to face.
0: Right. Well, they had, a, a, you know, two quite skilled veterans at least here, and I feel like that helped him in their cases but i also feel like it hindered it because then they were wrestling guys they were always the same size as them so they never got to show that physicality of them being young big strong dudes you know what yeah. i mean like they didn't yeah. have like an of christian or hardy boys that they can throw around they always had like chronic or in this case the apa or stuff like right. that you know what i mean so yeah. people that were on their same size and level um, but ultimately, like I said, it was Bradshaw and Farouk that did get the victory. Bradshaw hitting a dirty, stiff clothesline from hell on Palumbo. As always, you know. You know. Hit him hit him now, hit him now, apologize later. Yeah. Well, he probably didn't apologize. Let's no, honest. not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, starring three-quarter for myself. Next matchup on the card, it was the former well not former, it was the WWF light heavyweight champion, X Pac, taking on WCW's cruiserweight champion Billy Kim, and of course. Prior to this matchup, uh, they were giving Kibben the uh, little bit of a pep talk. You're like, "Hey, we're you know we're down. We got to really turn this thing around." And uh, Kidman is like, "You know, relax. I got I got this. I'm dating Tori Wilson. I'm fine. No big deal. Just let me go out there and do my thing." Um, of course, you know Xbox representing the face WCW. He was representing the face faction of the WWF. Still got booed out of the building. <laughs>
1: X-Pac transcends <laughs> what he's supposed to <laughs> Xbox hate transcends whatever he's supposed to be at the time. But you know
0: what, it, X-Pac had, had that Xbox heat and you know whatever, but he had Shit. that simply amazing badass theme of the Uncle Cracker remix.
1: Oh. Yo, you dealing with the
0: X factor, you know what I mean? Um I, I, yeah. And then of course Billy Kidman coming out having his old WCW theme. You know, not with the tank top and the jean shorts, the that we, shorts that we were used to, but still, again, very entertaining matchup between the two of them. The crowd was a little, oh, we're not sure. I think we're, you're the bathroom break because you're not stars. And, you know, ultimately they put out a fine little matchup. Meltzer uh, gave this matchup two stars. It went seven minutes, 12 seconds overall before Kidman finally hitting the shooting star press on Xbox to actually get the victory in. One victory for the alliance that would lead to a kind of a snowball for them for the next couple. So. Anything you want to add for this?
1: So, there's a couple things. One, All right. we were talking about this while we were watching it. Billy Kidman was over. Oh, yeah. Billy Kidman was over in WCW, and that carried over into the WWE. WWF fans knew who Billy Kidman was, and they liked him. He beat Hulk Hogan, for crying out loud. Even before that. His cruiserweight stuff, people, from, people knew him from WCW. Second thing, the Shooting Star Press. Like we were watching everybody in the crowd stood up when he went up the went up to the top rope to hit the shooting star press. Now everybody does a shooting star press. Yeah. It's like it we it's It's a transition move. Sure. People kick out. You've won. Lo- <laughs> like it's it's amazing to see like the transition of how something went from being so unique to now so commonplace. Right. 3. The light heavyweight title belt was a nice looking belt. Yeah. Completely meaningless. But a nice-looking bill. I'm waiting for, like, four. Fuck X-Pac. <laughs> four. Anybody listening? Every, anybody. I Obviously, there's people listening. People listening. Yeah, they are. Leave a comment about this if you agree with me. Do you not think that Billy Kidman had a clause in his contract that he was never allowed to take a fucking power bomb? Maybe every it. time he ever tried to get a powerbomb, he counted it into the goddamn Face Buster. Every single time. Yeah. And I dare any of you to try to tell me different. Yeah, X-Pac, of course,
0: you know, went for his own version of a powerbomb. Kind of got a pinfall right there, uh, only a two count. Then went up for another powerbomb, as uh, Jordan said. Got caught with a face crusher. Uh, got, you know, hit him with a low blow because he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a heel. You better, yeah. you better do something heelish. Um, but then ultimately got the victory, like I said, with the shooting star press. Uh, not one of the ones where he catches his feet up on the ropes. No. Um, but yeah, the crowd, like you said, were just was really into it, and um, it it's very interesting to see. And I said this before, and I'll say it now. You know, before we obviously get more into the uh, the hardcore championship matchup, but in my opinion, had RVD not been involved in ECW or a part of this invasion, I could see them at the time putting like a Billy Kidman in the role of an RVD. He was flashy, he was good looking, he did a lot of the cool high spots. The crowd was into him. And he could and, talk, and he could talk as well. Well, RVD couldn't talk, but like, <laughs> but like, Kidman could talk, and you know he had also the factor of Tory if they ever wanted to play that up, like they did in WCW. So like, they had all these different things that could go Kidman's way. But I feel like someone to the level who was just on another level, like an RVD, like surpassed him in the eyes of like you know the agents and the bookers and stuff like that, where they're like, no, nah, no, nah, he's gonna be our, he's gonna be our standout. You know what I mean? So right. Uh, but be that as it may, like I said, two stars for that. Honestly, I would probably give it, you know, star and a quarter for myself for this one. How about yourself?
1: I think I think I'd, I think this might be one of the one of the rare times I actually agree with Meltzer. I think two is fair. All right. Uh,
0: next matchup on the card is uh, was the Commissioner of the World Wrestling Federation, William Regal, taking on WCW ECW's Raven. Uh, this seemed like a random thrown together matchup. Um, of course, even with the the promo with Regal trying to, uh, you know, show his disdain for such a disgusting, vile, putrid raven, because he why isn't... he would dare challenge him. Yeah, and blah blah blah. Uh, this matchup went six minutes thirty four seconds. I think they got the time wrong. I think it went about thirty eight minutes twenty two seconds. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this match was boring. Th- that's so weird to
1: say though, too, because Raven's a good worker, and obviously and Regal and is Regal. Regal like, is Regal, but like their—I don't know—their style did not mesh. I mean, Meltzer gave
0: this like one, like a fourth of a star. So like, or no, sorry, he yeah, he, he gave, gave it a, a
1: quarter of a yeah, a he quarter, gave a quarter of a star. star,
0: yeah, a quarter star. And honestly, I—it's just—it's crazy to me. Like, first of all, this match never needed to happen. No. Like, I get they were trying to maybe even fill time, which is crazy to me because, like, a 10-match card and it still only went two hours and 40 minutes.
1: Like, you could have thrown three minutes from this, three minutes each from the six-minute match into, like, two other matches on the show.
0: Yeah. And you it would have been fine. But, like, I don't, well, definitely not maybe the referee match.
1: But, like,. <laughs> Yeah with Raven and Regal
0: like There was just no chemistry It did not work with the two of them It felt like it was taking forever between
1: these two There were clunky spots the, that they were missing The crowd
0: was chanting boring at one point Like and again it's just It's not their fault they can work It's just and I was saying this to Jordan while we were watching it This is not the Raven that should Have wrestled a guy like William Regal Raven should have been like As soon as the match starts he like bows out From underneath the ropes he's like I'm not fucking Dealing with this or I'm not dealing with Regal you know what I mean? And Regal doesn't even want to touch this guy. No, they get right into a lockup spot, start exchanging wrestling holds. Raven like just that. tried
1: to wrestle him. He
0: just had like a straight up wrestling match with him until, you know, the finish where Taz came out to the ringside. When uh, That
1: Ra- got the biggest pop of this whole match was Taz coming out to end it.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> Regal was on the, or sorry, Raven was on the outside. Taz comes in, hits like a T bone Tazplex. Raven just goes in the ring, hits the DDT. One, two, three. That was it. Yeah. So the alliance is up two in a row right there, making it three to two. Well, three to three, count the pre-show. But like I said, I was just, I was so disappointed.
1: No, I mean, it's true. It's very odd. Like sometimes, but again, it's no fault of either one. It's just sometimes guys' styles just don't mesh. And this was one of those examples. I
0: agree. Uh, Next matchup on the card was another random, just kind of thrown together matchup. Again, just looking for time and filler. But at least this one, they... Utilized the time properly, at least in my opinion. Um, That was a six man tag up, tag up, six man tag between uh, WWE's Albert, Billy Gunn, and The Big Show. So, you know, you hit random on the WWF game a couple times, and this is the guys you get. Uh, Taking on WCW's Chris Canyon, Hugh Morris, and uh, The Man Sean Stasiak.
1: Oh, Sean Stasiak.
0: Coming out to his uh, WCW rip-off Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect. Yeah, theme. Uh, this matchup went four minutes, 23 seconds. It was also given a quarter of a star. Honestly, was more entertaining than the last matchup. Again, like I said, they utilized the time a little bit better, maybe because there was more individuals in the match, or just maybe the fact that, I don't know, just more things I felt like were happening with it. But ultimately, like,
1: you I mean, know, you Albert's
0: mean- your intercontinental champion, so I guess that was their way of shoehorning him to this
1: Right, and I mean, you even said too when the match started, and there was a th- they did the triple military press spot.
0: Yeah, that got a better pop than the entire the last entire match.
1: match before it.
0: So, I mean, ultimately, like it was so weird to see Big Show, who you know seven foot three giant, one giant, whatever, you know, being put in just some random ass six man tag, which we would later see, you know, in Survivor Series when it actually be in a part of the main event. Right. But be that as it may, ultimately, uh, Team WCW-ECW winds up getting the victory again as Canyon, Hugh Morris, and Sean Stasiak get the get the nod right here. Billy Gunn goes for, uh, I believe he hit the Famouser, and then something happened.
1: And he then Hugh the, Morris wound the,
0: up getting like a half-ass cover on him.
1: He hit the Famouser. He went to cover uh, Canyon. Stasiac came in, hit like the reverse DDT on him, and then... Did he hit the famous her on Canyon or Hugh Morris? He hit the famous her on Hugh Morris. Right, he hit the famous Her on Hugh Morris. Stasiak came and hit the did the reverse DDT and then put Hugh Morris on top of him. Yeah,
0: and then ultimately that didn't matter because then they had to send the fans home happy halfway through the card. Because they just killed the whole team after killed this. the whole team anyways, and then Big Show <laughs> choke slammed everybody except for Canyon when he hit the the alley oop,
1: one of Big Show's forgotten moves. Yes,
0: terrible. <laughs> I mean,
1: it was, it was what it was. It was short, quick, to the point. I'm not generally a fan of six-man tags or, like, tag matches that are given, like, less than five minutes because they feel like they're trying to get so much in in so much little time.
0: I'll agree with Meltzer on this one, though. Like, a quarter star makes sense.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, you, you can only do so much with six guys in four minutes. Yeah.
0: Next match up on the card, uh, beforehand, we actually saw William Regal giving a pep talk to Tajiri, saying to go out there, prove himself. You know, he wasn't going to be a part of the ECW. He stuck with WWE, and it was Tajiri taking on ECW's Taz. Uh, This matchup went 5 minutes 43 seconds. Uh, This match also got a star in three quarters, according to uh, the almighty Meltzer. Um, Ultimately, kind of a weird styles clash between the two of them, because, you know, when you think, you know, Tajiri matches, you think you're super crazy. You're Nunzios, the more high, fast-paced matches. Taz... At this point, I don't know if he was just getting burnt down or the company itself was just starting lost to be, faith in him, lost faith in him or whatever is like the world beater that Heyman and everyone else portrayed him as, you know, in prior. But again, fine match. It was what it was. I was expecting like a William Regal or something like that to come out because of what happened in their matchup. But nope, Tajiri just hits the mist and hits a spin kick and just beats Taz and gets another victory for Team WWF.
1: But I mean, at the same time, there's nice little like attention to detail moments, right? That like for a fan nowadays, you might not you might not see if you're not looking for them. Like Tajiri when he hit the mist on Taz, the way he covered him, like he almost covered him like he had his he was like he, a sixty nine position, right, right? To cover Taz's face so the referee couldn't see the mist. So it's like it's little things like that that like are kind of lost nowadays, right? Even in the match before this, there was a there was a little moment like that where, like, Hugh Morris, when he was getting covered, he made sure his other shoulder was up so he didn't get counted out, too.
0: Yeah, I'd still give this match, though, a star and a quarter, for at least for myself. I can't believe I'm still saying that Earl Hebmer and Nick Patrick, you know, are voted <laughs> higher than Tajiri and Taz, but, yeah. again, that's just based on how fucking entertaining it was. But I guess that's just my opinion. Yeah, what about you? I,
1: think it, I think that's fair. Star and a quarter? Yeah. All right, we're star and a half. I don't agree so much with Dave Meltzer. There you go.
0: Uh, Next matchup on the card was for the WWF Hardcore Championship. Prior to the matchup, we saw Jeff Hardy prepping with uh, his brother Matt before ultimately getting ambushed by RVD with a steel chair, uh, then yelling at him
1: to come on. Which felt so out of place. Like that's not a Rob Van Dam thing. Like sneak attacks in the back. Like that doesn't. I don't. I don't see Rob that coming from Rob Van Dam.
0: No, he's. Cool, calm, and collect, and can beat anybody in the ring because he's that damn good.
1: Yeah, like even when he was a heel, I don't think he did shit like that.
0: No, uh, so of course that matchup, as I said, hardcore championship between Jeff Hardy defending his title against ECW's Rob Van Dam. This crowd was ready for Van Dam. They like were solidly, I wouldn't say solidly behind him. Of course, Jeff had his fans because you know Jeff is kind of like one of those white hot baby faces where he just automatically has fans no matter what like he just right it's just whats what it is but van dam at this point like the crowd was ready for a van dam to come into this company and just take over and again we were talking about this before it's not the fact that like he does the cool moves and stuff like that but like it's just the fact that he's so good at it and it was so unique at the time like nowadays again you turn on like an aew or wwe and or an nxt and everyone's doing his Everybody, moves. Everybody's Rob Van guy go- Everyone's Rob Van Dam and doing all of his moves and all the whatever. But for one person to kind of stick out and hit those certain moves and make them look as impactful as they did. You know what I mean? So, like, even, yeah. like, a sidekick was, like, devastating because, like, he's a thicker, bigger dude. Like, he hits his frog splash, which we'll get to in a minute. And, like, it's death. Like, it's... Yeah. And, I, and some people have debated me on this one before, and I'm sorry. Best Frog Splash ever in all time still goes to Rob Van Dam, in my opinion, with the five star over Snuka, over Eddie Guerrero, all over everybody. So ultimately, like this was a different style, hardcore title match. I'm sure you'll get into that in a second. Um, this match went 12 minutes, 24 seconds overall. Meltzer gave this four stars. He loved this matchup and quite possibly, and well, not quite possibly, this as a matchup, this was the match of the night. Oh, as a wrestling match standpoint, which hilarious for the hardcore title. (laughs) Um, But the only weapons used was just the ladder and a steel chair. And ultimately, after a Van Daminator on the outside, send Jeff Hardy to the floor and, you know, Jeff Hardy eventually gets caught in the ring and then set with a championship title on top of his chest. Van Dam hits the fog splash, covers him one, two, three, and the Alliance takes home the hardcore championship.
1: Quite an accomplishment.
0: I will <laughs> That falling down piece of broken-ass leather, yes. He probably looked at me like, cool, dude. Awesome. Where's the title? You're holding <laughs> it. You're holding it, sir. Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> now how am I going to get laid with this thing? <laughs> it's all no.
1: pointy and hard. It's all pointy
0: and hard. I'm going to get a tetanus shot just from holding this <sighs> thing. Anyways, uh, what, what were
1: your opinions on this matchup? Oh, this match is awesome. This is a great match. And I I said we were watching it. This is not a traditional hardcore match. No. As far as WWF standards go. Hardcore matches at the time, you would expect to see everything under the sun. Kitchen sinks, shopping carts, garbage cans, kendo sticks. It's like you just said. This had a ladder and a chair. And they weren't used in ways that were overly ridiculous. That would have been match-enders that they would have then went on to wrestle for the next, like, ten minutes.
0: Yeah. And this ultimately was a showcase match for Van Dam as well. Oh, of course. Like, Jeff Hardy did his stuff, got his spots in, whatever, and, like, you know, gave you that hope of, like, oh, you might beat him here, but, like, no. This was simply to show that Rob Van Dam is here, he's going to be your breakout guy, and ultimately he's going to just be like the future of WWF is probably what they were thinking at the time. So
1: like this was a, this was a strong, like a strong style, hard hitting, just straight up wrestling match.
0: This was an AEW championship match before Before
1: AEW was 20 years later. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So ultimately nothing else really to say right there. Like I said, I would probably give this, I'm okay with giving it like three and three quarter stars. I don't think it's a four star.
1: That's I'd why. Say,
0: that's why I said I'm like it's close, but like I say, three three quarter, just for the time. I grade. think I'd
1: go with that too. I think it's like maybe right even, on the maybe, cusp. Maybe even three and a half. I can see three and a half. Like yeah. it's like right on the cusp. I don't think it's one hundred percent four stars. I think three and a half is fair.
0: Yeah. Finally, our second uh, last match of the night, co-main event. Because when I think co-main event, I think uh, bra and panties matches. <laughs> Showing the time frame right here being twenty years ago for sure. Uh, referee Mick Foley again because why the fuck not? Um, as well, this
1: was his, this was his condition from res- refereeing the referee match. Ah, uh, yes. Uh,
0: of course, you know Stacy Keebler, Tori Wilson representing the Alliance or of uh, ECW, WWE, WCW rather, taking on Lita and Trish Stratus. Uh, like I said, tag team Braun panties matches. Does the, this
1: not feel weird watching? It this? feels so weird, like knowing that how commonplace this was. Like then? twenty years
0: ago, like all like the teenage boys were just like, "Oh my god, so cool! We might see a bra strap, or <laughs> we might see like the top of Lita's thong." Ooh la la! Nowadays, it's just like fuck, man. Like this is so no, but like
1: just from but really think about it. Back then, this was the ro- this was the
0: roster. Yeah, this is what they did. Like it was in video games for Christ's sakes. Like yeah. this was like. Women's wrestling matches, like it's like, oh okay, you can do singles or brawn panties matches. Yeah. And most of the time all the, you know, horny teenage boys out there were like, oh, brawn
1: panties matches. Now they've been so erased from the idea of pro wrestling that to watch one now, like, it's strange. Yeah. Well,
0: anyways, we watched this, <laughs> so um meant <laughs> five minutes, four seconds, Meltzer gave it a, a dud a dud, I guess, for this one. Um I'm not going to give it a dud. I'm going to say that this was actually, again, still more entertaining than, you know, Raven and Regal, which again is fucked up. Um, I'm going to give this probably like a a star and a quarter only because not because of like the women and what they're doing, but because of the actual moves they were attempting to do to actually get the fucking clothes off of them. They were actually ring wrestling to get some of this stuff off. And were trying to tell somewhat of a story.
1: Normally you'd see matches like this back in the day and they would be just like a cat fight. Just rolling around in the ring, just trying to rip off clothes. This, they were actually trying to make it almost like a contest. Which is
0: funny, considering two of them are the most inexperienced women at that time. Oh, Tori and Stacy
1: were terrible. Like, no one can deny that. Were you a Tori or a Stacey fan? I was a Stacy fan. Yeah. But they were t- obviously terrible wrestlers. They were never they, they never had any aspirations to be wrestlers. And here they are on pay-per-view. <laughs> Tori eventually in the, in the end Attempted to get better And she got adequate Stacy never really cared So they just kept her in a different role Which is fine um, No but like they took a They took a silly stipulation And they actually tried to make it Like a bit of like a, like a contest Like an actual match Yeah, As weird as that is to
0: say I know So like I said It was entertaining At least in that spot Because it's like Not because of the fact They're tearing off the women's clothes Which of course all of you Are like Yeah right Hayes Whatever you say, but no. But how I, they were trying to But how to do they it. were actually trying to do it, it was actually like, okay, that's kinda unique or whatever. It's like they actually put thought process into this. So Right. Um ultimately like I said, I'm gonna give it like maybe a i will go star and a quarter for myself for this one.
1: I don't think I go star and a quarter. I think I'd go I think I go a star.
0: Okay, that's fair. You know what? Yeah, I'll concede to that as well. One one star for the, the women's tag team bra and panties match. Um ultimately ending as well with Obviously Stacy and Tori, you know, stripped down of their underwear. Tori got stripped down. Stacy was next, and Tori did nothing to help her <laughs> fucking work. She cowered in a corner, like, Oh my god, my skin.
1: People can see me.
0: And then, you know, Lena and Trish, who just lost their tops, so, you know, ultimately win and then they're going up the aisle. They didn't give a fuck. They they all they got up the aisle and they almost fucking died. <laughs>
1: Trish almost fell off the stage.
0: Um, but they <laughs> caught each other. Um you know, great moment, I'm sure, in their history. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they laugh about it now. But, like, of course, like I said, that actually concludes the rest of the main card. So, of course, well, then we get into the, the hoorah-rah of, you know, Vince McMahon all night was, like, trying to prep talk, you know, Undertaker and Kane and Jericho and Angle. And then, ultimately, this one came to Austin. Austin's, like, you know, you know the old Austin's dead, you know, of the, the singing the kumbayas, I'm here to kick some ass, let's do this. And it looked like, you know, shit, okay, we're getting, you know, the WWF Austin. Wrong!
1: Well, we'll, we'll, get well into I that. mean, sort of,
0: <laughs> wrong. I we'll mean, get into that. Uh, we'll get into that, which actually is a nice little thing because, of course, uh, as I said at the beginning, we're actually going to be doing our watch-along for the main event. So, we're going to be taking a quick timeout right now, uh, here from one of our special sponsors. And on the other side, uh, we will be talking WWF Invasion, though doing the watch-along for the main event. So, if you want... While listening to the, uh, you know, this little uh, commercial break, go to the WWE Network, sign in, and then get prepped for when I tell you to go to the certain spot and whatnot. And we'll watch the main event of um, Invasion. So, uh, you know, we'll see you then.
1: Hi there guys, my name is Justin Gilmet, but I'm also known as Gilmy where most
0: places I go. I do a podcast called Gilmy Talks. It's all about talking to interesting people and having a good time while doing it. I have been interviewing people all the way back in 2016. Yes, I know, I'm old. But... In that time, I have talked to some great people, and why don't join me on the on the ride? And I just want to say thank you very much to Adam Hayes for letting me on his uh, show. Thanks, guys, and hopefully I talk to you soon. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. We are here to officially do our watch-along now for the main event of this uh it feels like a long pay per view, but it really isn't for like a two hour and forty minute pay per view. Like it's really not that bad, and like there's been so many matches. I'm so used. To, I'm so used to modern wrestling where there'd be like ten matches, and you'd be like, "Oh, well, this show's going five and a half hours,
1: <laughs> four and a half hour show."
0: <laughs> All right. So of course, as I said previously, uh, we are going to be doing our watch along now for the main event of Invasion Two Thousand One. Of course, like I said, this is coming out on the special anniversary of this pay-per-view, 20 years in the making. Uh, Again, we've already talked about this in length and detail, so let's not waste any time. So if you go to the WWE Network, um, go to 1 hour, 53 minutes, and 17 seconds. So you're going to want to go to that number, 1 hour, 53, 17. And when I say the word play, at the end of the word play, you're going to hit play, and we're going to watch this together, okay? Um, we're actually watching this on a DVD because, well, because I'm awesome, but I made sure that the time sequence, um, was good for, for you guys for this watch along. So
1: he tried 14 times,
0: shut up. (laughs) So let's not waste any time. Let's dive right into this. So like I said, on the, when I said the word play at the end of word play, you're going to hit play and we're going to watch the inaugural brawl, the main event from invasion 2001, three, two, one. Play. All right, so here we go. The lineup. Jordan, as you've stated already before, this was um, quite heavy-handed when it
1: comes to the star
0: power <laughs> like on one side power? from yeah. one side to another. But again, as I stated before, oh, there's Shane O'Mac looking like a
1: douchebag. I remember watching that night and having oh. my mind blown. Well, yeah, because Mike Awesome won the hardcore title. Well not that, but when Shane bought WCW There's one of the seventy eight times Booker T jumped the rail or jumped the barrier and attacked somebody.
0: Yeah. It was always Bradshaw leading the charge too. Every single time. Oh, I love that turn. That was so cool with all the E C W guys just turning all at the same time and
1: They kind of needed that because, again, it was so heavy-handed. There were no stars on the WCW side. Mm -hmm. They had Lance Storm.
0: Hey, man. (laughs) As great as Lance Storm is. I was going to say, don't you be besmirching the name of Lance Storm here. So, of course, there's the alliance, which would have never fucking
1: happened like
0: six months prior.
1: No. UCW and WCW
0: high-fiving. In hindsight, Bischoff should have
1: been in the shame
0: role. No, but it was always about the McMahon
1: family struggle. So, which is why. But that's a lot of reasons why people didn't like this. Is because it made it all about the McMahons. Booker T showing up at King of the Ring.
0: Well, you're not going to have a pure ECW and a pure WCW invasion, and everyone has talked about the reasons why, whether it be contracts or just you know the the office not agreeing and stuff like that. And of course, you had Austin recovering from neck you know injury at this point, so. You know, he was doing his goofy shit I with need Angle. the
1: old stone cold. Yeah.
0: And we're going to hear it later, like, when that crowd reaction. But, like, the crowd all night, for the most part, has just been, like, on fire when it comes to, like, the star power when they come in to the ring. When Austin's music hit, this is going to be insane. Yeah. Austin doesn't know if he can do it.
1: He looks so dejected walking away. WWE champion walking away like a sad puppy. <laughs> Damn it, Steve, turn around. Down, Come back.
0: Angle's like, you can lead this? I guess. I mean, I've only been in the company for <laughs> like, two- well, I
1: guess. I'll give it a shot, I guess.
0: I mean, I've only been in the company for two years, but yeah, sure. I'm sorry, but I... do find
1: it hard to believe that there was a bar that was open that didn't have a single person in
0: it. I can, actually. You can believe that? I can, because I'm sure there's multiple, multiple bars all over the world that have nobody in them.
1: Not now! I mean then!
0: Paul Heyman with his rat tail. (laughs) Stephanie looked great. I've always liked Stephanie. How many beers was he into? Oh,
1: this is when they had Freddie Blassie.
0: Didn't he stand up out of a wheelchair, too?
1: Yeah, like FDR. (laughs) That's
0: exactly what they were going for. (laughs) That's exactly what they were
1: going for. They were trying to do the FDR.
0: I've used that line before, the one that taker, just so there's no shame going out there, fighting, getting your ass kicked, but there's no honor in not fighting at all. Yeah, there it is. Blasi standing in the chair.
1: Broke the pool queue, went to commercial break. That's exactly how that happened.
0: Although I feel bad for Freddie Blassie. like, we're trying to rally the troops. I got to have a wheelchair. The person that's right in front of him was fucking Moppy and Perry Saturn. <laughs> You're like, well, this company, this company's you fucked. You guys don't
1: have a, don't stand a chance. That
0: <laughs> well, there's Austin. Now, if that was the old Austin, he would have stunned all four of his partners <laughs> right
1: there. <laughs> Now, this tea. is something. No, this is something that the WWE has slacked on over the last decade. They used to do great video packages. They
0: still do pretty good
1: video. They packages. do good ones now, but like not to the level that they used to. There are some good ones, the really good ones that they hit every now and then. I mean,
0: this is two thousand one, so obviously when you think oh one, you're thinking you know the My Way video.
1: Like this, 7. like this gets this gets can get your blood pump and wait until actually want to see this match.
0: Oh, of course, I I was sitting in the theater. At the Cineplex in Oshawa, after I just won a trivia contest, I like to add, um, for an Invasion t-shirt. And like, was just so, like the whole theater was so pumped. Yep, there comes Shane O'Mac. It's weird seeing him come out and he's not wrestling.
1: Or look bloated and half dead. He doesn't look bloated. he just got a really baggy shirt on. Or no, I mean now.
0: Oh, I thought you meant there. I'm like, what the, the hell are you talking about? He's
1: bloated, and looking like he's sweating enough sweat to fill a pool.
0: To be fair, though, the man is in very good shape. Sure. That is a long-ass sign. That was a very long-ass I sign. I don't know what that said. Oh, God. Did you see that sign? This is Booker T's number one fan. That was another thing we were saying And T was Luke. spelt T as in the drink tea.
1: Creative. <laughs> Oh, that's what we were saying before, is that these signs are so much... Signs back then were so fun.
0: And the set. Look at the set. I love that ECW theme.
1: Well, see, it's Like, Heyman's
0: selling the shit out of this. Like, you Mm -hmm. can believe it. This
1: is also something that I've
0: said before, too. Stephanie definitely grew into the role. I kind of long for the days of the simpler sets. Well, this was not a simple set for them. They actually put thought into the idea of, like, all right, one side from the other. Yeah, it's the, the two, other, two
1: separate entranceways, but really, when you think about it, it's pretty simple.
0: Yeah. I mean, Trish almost died.
1: Jeff Hardy did die. Jeff Hardy did die, yes.
0: <laughs> you know, this match is, like, 40 minutes, so I do apologize for the people watching this and listening along, but, like, I think, like, 13 minutes of it is just the entrances. <laughs> This one was an elimination. No, this was no. one fall, yeah. It was a survivor this series. A one, one
1: fall to a finish. Yeah, yeah. Here comes Vince McMahon.
0: With his fucking power walk. Yeah, here it comes. His pants are up near his nipples, I swear <laughs> to God. Those things get those, any... those
1: pants are past they're definitely past his belly button. Oh my
0: god. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, he looks better in a suit than I ever will, but like goddamn. Hi, Dad. (laughs) I'm fucking you over once again.
1: One of the rare moments Vince would actually get a positive reception.
0: Well, yeah. But not William Regal, though.
1: (laughs) No, everybody just hates William Regal.
0: Here we go Team ECW. Which we were saying before, and again, we were talking about this earlier, of like, yeah, the star power could have been bigger, like you didn't have your Hogans, your Nashes, whoever. But like, if you're talking the, representing ECW, like, pretty fucking solid pick to have the Dudley Boys. Sure. Arguably one of the greatest tag teams of all time on your squad. So, really can't beat that. And especially with now with Rhino going to be coming out, who was, you know, no one was hotter than Rhino and ECW, obviously at that point. See, but but we... I think the problem was like a lot of WWE fans have already seen him, so they already had the uh, mindset of oh he's just a hardcore champion
1: level guy, you know. Not many people knew. Not many people knew Rhino's ECW run,
0: which is a shame because like he was just a killer and a monster. Aside from like a Mike Awesome and a Taz. So like, if
1: you were putting this match together,
0: oh God, please don't tell me. No,
1: it's 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 Kane and the Undertaker.
0: Uh oh it is too I forgot that they did the separate like they didn't do basia. one they
1: didn't do one whole team first they they bounced back and forth yeah I forgot about that.
0: Sager of the bike in this one
1: no I don't think that set would have been oh
0: no he could have worked that oh there he comes
1: man those guys look intimidating over
0: as shit you see that pop my god I mean obviously it's the undertaker but like
1: those guys were always intimidating.
0: And as WWE ranked them one of the top 10 greatest tag teams of all time.
1: So if you were putting this match together, if you were putting you're putting the alliance side together
0: with the same roster they had, or with like the ultimate roster?
1: If you okay, well, forget the ultimate roster. If you were using the same roster they had, would you use the same five guys? Like, would you go for who was hot in ECW in the end or overall?
0: Well, we we gotta also
1: think about too. Because if you were thinking overall, I think I might have contemplated replacing Rhino with Taz.
0: Yes, that could be a good argument, but you also want. How do I word this? You also want to have the
1: speaking of Rhino the,
0: the ability, yeah. Man's this thighs the size of Michigan. Um, you want guys that are gonna like not only you know be good for your team that have the star power, but you also want to have dexterity in your guys. You know what I mean, like. Fucking it, <laughs> you know you know what I mean. Like they all have a little bit different to showcase for themselves. So like you could replace Rhino. I think it's a great place for him in this match. But if I was going to replace anyone, it would have probably been him, and it would have been probably with RVD. I didn't think that. I didn't think about that, but that's also true. Well, RVD was like, even at this point, we heard the pop earlier. We talked about it, you know, during that matchup. Especially since, you know, you're branching off like you got... Actually, you know know
1: what? That, that that, That probably would have made a lot more sense than Taz.
0: Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Love me some Taz, but like... The Taz of 98 and 97 is definitely not the Taz of 2001. All right, here he comes. Le Champion. The Demo God.
1: I wonder if if he went on and ranted about the reviews of this match after it was over. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: If you have no idea what we're talking about, apparently uh, Jericho is... Touchy. Touchy, apparently, (laughs) when it comes to his work.
1: Which, you know what? You can be that. Yeah, I can be.
0: Well, anybody can't well, be, Well, really. I mean,
1: again, you have the right to be. You should be protective of your work, but to the level of what I've heard he has been, Yeah. maybe not so touchy.
0: Yep, there's Stephanie. Long-lasting feud between those two, which would culminate in her teaming with him. Well, here comes Booker T. Booker T going for the axe kick. two belt booker here
1: correct me if I'm wrong did he not win the United States title on the final nitro
0: I thought he won the world title on the final nitro
1: he either did that or it was a match that was title for title
0: oh it could have been title for title I think he was United States champion he beat Scott Steiner for the world title that
1: sounds correct to me, from what I...
0: I mean, I'm sure Bill Chase might be listening. to be you. like, no, you fucking morons. <laughs> Which, if that's the case, love you, Bill. And Taylor like, get the fuck out. You're not getting my ring.
1: Yeah, the Team WWF controlling the ring. Yeah.
0: You're like, but I gotta climb the post. Kurt Angle. Easily in my top 10 favorite wrestlers of all time.
1: See, it was around this time where he started showing like a little bit of a mean street that he had not shown before. That was after
0: the personality in the cowboy hat like a month before this.
1: Well, no, it really started the night where it was on, it was on a Raw. I don't remember if it was the Raw before this. It might have been where he like kicked the living shit out of Raven. Mm. Do you remember that? I do, yeah. Because, like, they needed a leader, and Austin was still wishy-washy about it. So, like, Kurt was like, I can do it. And they're like, go prove it. And he went out and, like, mauled Raven for, like, eight minutes.
0: Which, you know, I would have personally picked Undertaker at this point. (laughs) But, I mean, you know, it's fine. Here comes DDP. What a waste. Hey, I said it earlier... And this was before we started recording.
1: Okay. I didn't
0: mind the idea of him doing the stalker gimmick to get into the company to, like, get or take her skin and, like, be a, a heel. But, like, it should have stopped with the stalking after that. You know what I mean? Like, that's your in.
1: Okay, and well, now go yeah. be DDP
0: and just be a heel.
1: I don't mean, like, here. I mean just as in general. Just what they did with him. Like one of He's one of my favorite WCW guys. Oh, getting yep. started already. <laughs> yeah, there comes the Austin pop. Oh, yeah. Brawling this crowd. Is Austin Austin, does one of the, this is where Austin does one of the favorite things he love when he whips the title just so we can start fighting. <laughs> Wham!
0: Well, referees are lost total control in this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's this why there's there's even two and they've already lost control. This is like a Mike Knox referee in AEW right now. Oh. Vince is just I God, Vince Vin, like no one will ever beat Vince when it comes to like facial expressions. He is so into it, and it makes sense of like him being on commentary for so long. And you know, <laughs> one, two, he got it. no, he didn't. You know, I mean, Were all we that talking stuff.
1: about that recently. Where, like, you Vince was a believable commentator. Like he may not have known everything. But he was believable in the fact that he made you think every fall could have been the end of the match.
0: Well, it's also it's his company, right? Like when you're personally invested and you want you know how to push the character that you want to in the story you want to. It's just he tried to make so much excitement out of everything. We what was it? A fucking Aldo Montoya match. Oh we
1: watched. One match in, first first move of the match, whoa blow.
0: Well, referees not total control. <laughs> Fuck off. Bunch <laughs> of the fans. Fuck off. No, but like,
1: DDP was one of my favorite WCW guys, and there's so many dream matches they could have done with him. Beautiful knee. When he came here, and like, The Undertaker was one of them, but it, it just did not... It didn't click.
0: But see, DDP, regardless of age, too, at this point, it's... His style is very... My God, he's like drunk hitting the rope there. Um... His style is very—it's got to work with the right person. You know what I mean? Like a Savage worked with him, a Brett worked with him. You know? Would you
1: would you have watched him wrestle The Rock? A DDP? Yeah, because that was one of the guys he had actually pitched working with when he came here. I feel they they weren't feeling it.
0: I feel like it could have worked because you had the idea of you know the People's Champion versus the People's Champion from either company. But oh, he's putting Rhino to task here. My God. There's the killer from ECW right there, hanging out there like a shirt on the line.
1: We're two minutes in, and are about to
0: get a superplex. Austin going for broke, man.
1: He's like, I got a bad neck, but fuck it. Superplex. Which is crazy, because a superplex is normally like a turn-of-the-tide move in a match.
0: It was a turn-of-the-tide. Look, (laughs) it made Devon get out of the ring. (laughs) I mean say what you will now about like modern Chris Jericho, like like for a upper mid card guy, especially for this point, like there was nobody hotter.
1: No, of course not. I'm like I joke and yet he does
0: He bring it he brings it on He himself. does
1: he does bring a lot of it on himself, but No, you can't deny that.
0: He always had the sweet barbed wire tights too. I know somebody like behind me. I believe at the theater, like, oh, he's wearing barbed wire. He's he's gonna he's gonna go to ECW because
1: that's real subtle. <laughs> hey man, that it wouldn't and surprise in, me. And he's in
0: purple too. Uh. I've said it before, and I've said it again. I'm just I'm not a fan of Booker T. I'm sorry. I don't see the appeal of Booker T. He was a great tag team wrestler, but like as a singles and whatever, like I just, especially, well, let me me rephrase that as a singles. Sure. But as like a main event player, I never saw it with Booker T see, I in WCW, I guess, because like he was a big fish in a small pond, but like being really thrown right in the mix here with like all these guys, it's like, uh,
1: nice bulldog. Um, see, I don't see it that way. But well, I think I would his own part. <laughs> I think I would say the same thing that you just said about DDP about Booker T though. Booker T works great if you put him with the right guy.
0: That's fair. Or in the, or in the right segment cuz like you know you had your golda stuff which would be a year later from here.
1: Cuz like main event guys, he I, he worked great with the Rock. Mid-card guys, he had great matches with Christian and Edge. Even had some good matches with Kurt Angle. See how I segued there?
0: I did. Now <laughs> angles on the ring. Yeah, like just when it comes to an amateur, just coming from amateur wrestling to WWE, of course, like no one's gonna be better than Angle. I know people have said like Rousey was like a close like one B, because how fast she took to it and did like an excelled. But like, goddamn, like Angle is just on another level. He's a former world champion here, and he hasn't even hit his peak. Oh, sidekick.
1: Nice sidekick. How old was Kurt here?
0: He's got to be in his probably early 30s at this point.
1: Because at this point, he'd only been in the company for like a year. A year and a half. Well, Survivor Series was his debut. Like look at it that way with what you just said. He's only Survivor in the company 99. from like ninety nine of Survivor Series. This is halfway through two thousand and one, and he's considered one of the five best to be on Team WWF, and
0: over to the point where he's—it's believable. The, yeah,
1: where people people aren't saying why why the hell would you put Kurt Angle on this team?
0: Which that's the thing too. Like you got Angle ninety nine November, Jericho came in the company August ninety nine. Kane, yes, he's been different gimmicks, but like 97, Austin, 96, and then Taker's the longest tenured with 90. God, Kane's just a beast at this point. My lord. I think this is probably like my second favorite Kane look aside from the original.
1: I know I'm in the minority. I actually like the one where the mouth of the mask was open. Yeah, you
0: definitely are in the minority. <laughs> in like, I I never liked that I, one.
1: I know I'm in the minority, but I don't know. He was a lot leaner with that look. I just it's, thought it looked cooler.
0: Yeah, he was. I don't know if I liked him leaner. I liked him when he was like bulky and all that stuff. It made him more physically imposing, which I realize he's already like six foot ten. But like, I don't know. <laughs> nope, you're done. Brother, no, I must save you.
1: Bob always took good bombs off of punches.
0: I don't know, he even got hit with like six of them, and didn't take one. Beautiful backdrop. Taker's hungry on the corner, right? they're Undertaker trying to get the Undertaker. Blind tag. Reverse 3D.
1: I always count on JR to correct people. Michael Cole just called that a 3D. JR, oh, it's a modified version.
0: Mm-hmm. You're talking about elbow drops and, like, off camera one time. Those aren't good examples, but like Bubba always threw a really cool oh. elbow drop. <laughs> Irish wish whip. Reverse. Yeah, I know
1: Vince. Heyman's always good at ringside, too.
0: Well, at this point, yeah, nowadays he just sits there like a lump on a log and
1: No, but like he'll sell like the urgency of a match or like the the importance of a move. Oh, well, I'm not denying that. But that goes back to his time as being an, as being a manager.
0: 1 2 There we go. This is where I immediately went to the edge of my seat as a, when I was in the theater
1: you like that Undertaker?
0: I was still indifferent with it. Like, obviously, with, like, Taker, I was going to like him regardless of whatever his gimmick was because it's the Undertaker. Because at
1: this time, he'd only been doing it for a year. So this was still really fresh. But, like,
0: yeah, I don't know. Obviously, I would have preferred the dead man. But, like, I get the idea of him chaining with the Tide. And I know a lot of my friends at this point were like, this is the only Undertaker they ever knew was... You know, the American badass or big evil. So when he went back to the dead man, it was weird for them to be like, oh, I don't know if I like this. I so should go back to the badass. I'm like, well,
1: like, was it a lot for you to try to get over and try to get past when, like, the outfit went away, the powers went away, the promo went away? He could still cut a really good promo, but, like, the type of promo he used to do went away.
0: The, the type of promo went away, but, like, you could say that his promo got better. Hundred percent better when he was in this version of Undertaker. Yeah, because this
1: is just himself.
0: Yeah, like literally just himself. he wasn't just he
1: wasn't ha- he wasn't playing a character. This team is getting their asses handed to them.
0: Well, I mean they're bad guys. They, yeah. There we go.
1: But we got a cut on his eyebrow.
0: He did. Now, if I remember correctly, nope. I don't remember correctly. I was going to say, I thought they got Taker down and then DDP was trying to come in and t- like, pick the bones. In my money, Rhino still has the best spear in wrestling. That, I know, is a debatable thing because you're Goldbergs yeah. and Edges and Romans. But yeah. Like, but the gore. Yeah, see, I was right. Pick the bones. He's down. He's like, yeah.
1: yeah. What
0: shitty thing. gear by DDP too?
1: Yeah, see, like...
0: He's got his boots. He's got the electric boots there.
1: Like, there's nothing on them. Not even a... Di- you couldn't even get a diamond on the ass. Like, there's <laughs> nothing. There's the no- there's, no- there's nothing.
0: Was he supposed to be 96 Diamond Dallas Page when he was like a... Oh, man, that looked terrible. Like, these two
1: did not have good chemistry at all. And that's no fault of either of them. It's just some guys click and some guys don't. It's just yeah, the the few matches these guys had were not good.
0: All right. Well, going back to my debate here. I still say Rhino is the best spear in wrestling. What the fuck? Yeah. See, case in point. When in doubt, DDT. Just ask Josh.
1: <laughs> that's an inside joke no one will get. Nope. Moving on. <laughs>
0: I was waiting for you to for your response on oh, this one. Oh, for the spear? Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I tried pitching to you
0: twice now.
1: <laughs> I'd still say Goldberg probably has the most impactful looking spear. Okay. As I far mean, as you're the, wrong, but as, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think I am. Because like Rhino, a lot of the times it would just be like he he would, it would be like a one arm takedown. And sure, the guy would sell it like death, but, like, did it look super impactful from his end? I don't know. Goldberg always looked like he was trying to run right through somebody when he speared him.
0: Well, he was a former football player. And so that's I mean, what helped
1: it. As far as, like, the prettiest one go, though, I I
0: don't know. Roman has a pretty spear because he's got, like, the power mixed with the oomph with it. Edges with, like, the whole da you know what I mean? Like, when he yeah. just drops somebody, I don't know.
1: I don't know. I think I still go with Goldberg for having the best. This was always a weird pairing for me too. He looks like he's hoofing him in the nuts every time here. Like, like case in case in point when I would say the Booker works best with the right guy. I don't know. Really, I don't think Austin was the right guy.
0: No. What like, the well, hell was what,
1: that? I don't know what that was, but he had to fix it with that clothesline out of the corner.
0: His his new brace is breaking. Off his knee there. I don't know if you can see it or not. That tease of the stunner, though.
1: No, the brace. I don't know if it's breaking or if it's coming loose.
0: Suplex to the inside. There you
1: go. How protective do you think those mats were? I mean, I would say a little bit, but because like they would, uh, people when they would pull them up, they would always look so thin.
0: I mean, I'd rather take that over the concrete. Here comes Jericho.
1: Did these guys ever wrestle in WCW? I'm
0: sure they probably did. Booker was around that TV United States title reign in early 1990s, nines, and Jericho was doing his thing with alphas at that point, before he left. So I would imagine they probably cross paths. I'm probably wrong. Again, Bill's probably yelling at me. <laughs>
1: Go for the lion salt.
0: It's amazing to think that was the finish. One of him.
1: the most. Yeah, I know the lion salt. Oh, nice hot shot. He almost went over the top. The Lion Salt is one of the most depowered finishing moves in pro wrestling history. Well,
0: especially now with like everyone that can do a flip does a flip.
1: Like he, like, like you just said, he used to win matches with that. Now it's just a guaranteed false finish. That's even if he
0: can do the flip anymore.
1: Which I, I think mean, he you still s- can. You t-
0: Did you not see that AEW show recently?
1: I missed it. Did he not make it? The,
0: he was in a match and he went for the salt and he almost broke his fucking neck.
1: You no, know, yeah, and
0: everyone like made fun of him for it. They're like, oh, you're too old; you shouldn't do it anymore. And then the next week, he was in another match. He hit the lion salt perfectly and beat the guy with the lion salt. To be like, ah, see, I beat him, and he, I hit he, it, and I beat him with it. He did that on purpose. Of course, he fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, let the record show: my lion salt still works.
1: Bubba always had really good intensity too.
0: Good punches too.
1: And. Fuck those chops! Bubba yep. has another one that has chops I would never want to take.
0: Bubba was also a guy that like knew how to like hide his size, because like, you don't think of him like you know him as a bigger guy, but you don't think of him as a bigger guy when he's just moving and bumping the way and as hard as he is, you know?
1: Yeah, he didn't work like a bigger guy. No he was probably close even when
0: he leaned when he leaned out as bully and he like muscled up and toned up and like lost a lot of the weight then he actually started acting like a bigger
1: guy look at the people
0: oh yeah they're they're right into this right now
1: like you don't see urgency like with fans have been so being so desensitized now you don't see like reactions like that anymore or it's rare
0: I mean, you get it now with like the crowds like rewatching wrestling again live for the first time, but oh fuck! You know the stigma kind of wears off as the show goes on because like Notice. you know what I mean? Like because hey. like the first match is lucky enough to have that hot crowd, and then you're lucky if by the end of the show, especially like if you're running like these modern shows that are four or five hours long. Oh, there we go! Fuck you! I've always loved this move. Bubble bomb. Oh. Such a great idea. Um that like, you know, you really either gotta have a magnitude star power near the end or like the crowd's just gotta somehow wake up for them to care.
1: But also too here, he,
0: it's like the main obviously the opening match is gonna have a hot crowd most of the time, but then the main event is guaranteed because the stars were just that much over.
1: True. I mean you also think too nowadays it might be the problem that there's just people that don't really know how to command a crowd anymore no you don't think that's a problem or you think it is no it
0: is a problem it's <laughs> it's a new level of ring psychology you know it's a lot of it's because a lot of people don't know how to work on the fly they don't know how to work with the audience oh the crowd's reacting to this let's do this they're like nope we planned every move in the back and we did all this type of stuff and people can like shit on me for thinking that way or saying that but like i'm basing it on what i've seen in the back
1: nice belly to belly by rhino no, yeah, you're definitely right.
0: <laughs> Fuck off.
1: <laughs> Fuck my Kyoto. You know, I still think he's like the most, he's the long standing referee that's still here. He got fired, dude. Did that just happen?
0: Yeah, he was part of the early firings in like March.
1: Okay, well, he was the long standing referee that was still here. I like Kyoto. I don't think Charles Robinson is the long-standing referee. He's Mike. the most senior referee.
0: Where do you think the Dudley sit in all-time? Oh, the, the great uh, tag I've, teams
1: of all-time or the WWE tag teams? All-time. All-time? They're definitely in the top ten.
0: Yeah.
1: Are they in the top five? That's hard. That could be debatable. I think I might make an argument that they are in the top five, but they're definitely in the top ten.
0: Now, if we're talking about people who, you know, are in the tops of anything, as much as I've said before, like, I'm not a big Booker T fan, when it comes to best king of the rings of all time, Booker might be in the top three.
1: Oh! That's another D-powered finishing move, too, like the axe kick. No. Like, that was a death finisher in WCW. And then when he came here, like, he won with it sometimes, but like...
0: Well, also, don't you forget, he had the bookend. (laughs) What a terrible goddamn name for a move. (laughs) They're like, oh, we want you to be like The Rock, so use his finish. But we'll just call it the bookend.
1: Well, no, he did that move in WCW. Austin, what the fuck is Austin doing?
0: (laughs) Spinning set out, that was really nice. Oh, Jesus
1: Knuckles on forehead.
0: Oh, he's pissed. He wants back in the match. Look at the people. Oh yeah, they're they're hungry for Austin to get back in there. Surprised he doesn't kick the shit out of his own partners. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes nowadays, it seems like the crowd's just fighting to stay awake. Well, again, that has to do with the crowd,
0: the show length. Like, what did I say? That this pay per view is like what two hours and forty minutes? We had ten matches on the card.
1: Like there's people here in the...
0: nowadays. What you get like seven, eight, and they're going what five and a half hours? Yeah, and
1: not including the hour long pre show. it was the what's oh. up headbutt, but because they're heels, they didn't do it. Oh my brother, testify! Did you like Bubba or Devon more? I was always a Bubba fan. Me too. I thought I not the Devon bad. I just always preferred Bubba.
0: <laughs> I really loved Reverend Devon. I don't know why, but I really love Reverend Devon.
1: Well, you're the the only one.
0: Oh no, I'm not. I'm not. Well, you might not be the only one, but you're one of the only few. What a great theme song, too. Yes. You know what? I might, uh, I might use that as the post to send off for this pay per view. I'm not gonna (laughs) lie. I might use Reverend Devon's theme. Ah. Nothing says slow the fuck down like a front face lock.
1: Oh, God. Did you see that? I did that. Charles Robinson was trying to get Jericho off the bottom rope, but Austin just grabbed him by the hair and dragged him back like five feet.
0: See, like, the crowd is... They were just waiting all night for this because, like I said, that opening match, like, they were perfect, but, like, Time went on, like, they were just getting more burnt, more burnt, and then RVD really picked them up. And now, you know, this is a main event level caliber matchup.
1: See, like, things like this, you won't see anymore. There it is. Like, how to get to a good hot tag and then get it cut off.
0: Austin's lucky that he's not kicking, the, or the referee's lucky he's not kicking the shit out of him right now.
1: Like, not to rush a hot tag.
0: That was not one of their best, like, you know, stall, referee, not sees, but that was alright. Diamond Cutter, that's a finish right there. Taker's like, fuck this. He's and...
1: had it with this. <laughs> well, because if you're sticking with the story, he's really more so just in this match just to get his hands on him.
0: And here we go. Pier 6 Brawl. Look up, at the crowd. No, the Look at the crowd. Here comes a finisher fest. You can see it coming a mile away here. Ryan's getting ready for the gore. Hits his own partner. See,
1: no, that was a better looking gore.
0: I see. That was one of his worst looking ones.
1: I like oh, when he goes to the kid.
0: side. I don't like when he goes up the middle.
1: As far as it looking devastating, that was one of the better ones.
0: Things only a wrestling fan would say. I like when he goes <laughs> to the side, not up the middle. <laughs>
1: Old Whee! school sidewalk slam.
0: We got a lot of air for that. We had the better choke slam. Taker or Kane?
1: Well, the Undertaker. Really?
0: I think Kane had the actually, better choke slam.
1: Actually, let me let me let me rephrase that. Let me go let me go a different way. The Undertaker clearly had the better tombstone.
0: Oh, 100%. Kane had the
1: better choke slam.
0: Kane's tombstone was like the the sudden da dunk. Oh, Charles Robinson's about to die. This is a disqualification. He's low-blow Charles Robinson. <laughs> he hit him with a knee.
1: <laughs> Last he's, ride he's, on Little
0: Nature. He's killing the referee for no goddamn Last reason. Last ride on
1: Little Nate. <laughs> See, you now Austin's down with a supposed knee injury. Now keep your eye on that. If you've never seen this, that was an important moment.
0: Because Austin was really not really much in this match to begin with. Like, he hit Booker a few times and whatever, but like... And there goes the Undertaker. I don't think that's the last we see of I don't think.
1: Him. I don't think they come back. You're no. right. I think that was. I think they're gone after this. They
0: fight to the back. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anybody listening? <laughs> Screw off. <laughs> Anybody listening or newer fans that have never seen this match? Austin going down with that knee injury was very important.
0: Well, just all hell's broken loose here. Oh, I always like when they use that as a weapon.
1: And that thing's like cardboard thin too, so it's like so safe to use, but it makes such a good sound.
0: Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Double team the big man. Worst chop of all time. (laughs) He chopped him in the shoulder. (laughs) I'd be pissed. (laughs) Oh. Oh, that was all head right there.
1: Here comes you know what makes sense? Tables.
0: You know what makes sense? We cleared off the announce table, then to bring out another table. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure Rhino's going no, through that, that. That
1: one, that one's there for a different reason. That's
0: there for Rhino.
1: I think Kane, from what I remember, I he puts them both through each of these. Like, bam! Very nice. Oh, actually, you know what? I think I'm wrong, because Bubba just grabbed a TV monitor.
0: Oh, right in the head.
1: You missed those monitors? I missed those monitors. They were good weapons.
0: They were good weapons, but like... I'm sure they cost the company a
1: fortune. This is where you got to get some people having some doubt. Yeah, because all you, the faces are getting their asses handed well, to now, them. Well, no,
0: now you got to start eliminating people from the match. Like,
1: down goes Kane.
0: Oh, there goes Carlos Brewer. Or Where's that Hugo? That's Hugo. Oh, Hugo went down. Although they should be very happy with themselves. Oh, here we go. Rhino's going through. From
1: what I remember, this is not a good table break.
0: It didn't shatter, but it still worked.
1: I mean, it worked. But yeah, it was like a. Very mind, very lean, c- crack down. The road. I liked it
0: because it was almost like nice. How like Rhino was kind of walking away; he didn't really think about it. Like, yeah, he's by the table, and the Jergo
1: just yeah. It didn't look like it was. didn't look It didn't look, didn't look planned.
0: Yeah, especially with the camera angle too. It was like a wide shot, and it's all there's left is Angle and Booker in the ring, and Bubba. Where's no? I thought Bubbles
1: Bubba. Bubba's on the ring apron. Oh, look at the carnage!
0: And if you didn't see it for the first time, here's all the replays.
1: I mean, people people bought this sh- bought this pay per view and went to the show, obviously, to see WWF versus the Alliance. But like from the match, that this show was mainly based on or built around this. They got their money's worth out of it.
0: I would agree. I mean, like I said, going to see this in Cineplex, like you were paying like thirty bucks a goddamn ticket to like, go see this before snacks. Like this was I'd not like to add.
1: Yeah, like this was not a bad main event. Like this is a very chaotic ten man tag, but like it kind of had to be.
0: It had its thing at first. Like it was a normal match, and then it was slowly breaking down, and then GDP had to show his stalkerish face, and then Taker lost his mind. <laughs> but oh like, God!
1: That was a nice German.
0: Oh, see, that's what A I nice mean. Like slam. Baba, like always, got up nice.
1: Into the ankle lock, and even though the oh, ankle... nice, nice
0: ref bump right
1: there. The ankle lock, even at this time, was still fresh in his repertoire. Repertoire. Yeah, repertoire.
0: Repertoire.
1: It was fresh. I think literally, literally only...
0: everyone's down.
1: Because I think he. Heyman started... should have
0: just ran in the ring and. Just started beating the shit out of Angle.
1: Because I think he'd only started doing the ankle lock like three months before this.
0: Not all Everyone's on their feet. They're just... They know something's coming.
1: Yeah. It's Vince trying to cheat. Which is very... I'm very skeptical that Vince would try to do this first. Do like, you not know, think it would have made more sense for Shane to try to do that for him. I mean, he, Shane does it now.
0: Oh, oh he caught like his dad. Vince nice. tossed
1: angle the belt. Yeah, it grabbed should have grabbed Shane. Vince tried to Vince tried to correct his mistake.
0: Shane should have grabbed the world title and done that. I agree. There goes Bubba. Sides kick, mix. Beautiful. Like, nice. to me, the
1: face the to me, the head of the face company should not have looked desperate enough to cheat.
0: Ankle lock. There's the visual right there. Austin is miraculously up from his knee injury.
1: Yeah, see, and here it is right here. Throws the referee back in. Bam! Second heel turn in four months. Stunner.
0: Vince doesn't see a goddamn thing. Kyoto, like, why do it? One, two, three. And everyone's like, "Come on, seriously, we can't even get normal Austin again after all this time. <laughs> now we got to deal with this bullshit." And-, and I'll be honest, I was not expect a, a fanboy here. I'm like, "Oh yeah, Lions isn't winning this match. There's no goddamn way." Then once again, Stone Cold Steve Austin has to be a complete dipshit.
1: They made them. They made they made the same mistake twice in less than six months. They don't trust the rattlesnake. People were pissed. Like, oh, God damn. That's yeah, fine. It's only Kyota. I don't know. It's almost like they, they they turned him heel the first time. They realized it wasn't working. So they're like, what can Mankeep actually work? Let's put him with WCW.
0: Yep. I mean, crowd's still cheering him a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you know, Austin's almost kind of like white hot as always, but...
1: insult to injury Vince still selling the title belt hit like death which is good for him it was a good hit (laughs) see Paul Heyman's great
0: like Stephanie grew into the role Shane was alright at this point well
1: like at the same time like this is the problem where's the rest of your team Oh, no. The focus it, isn't
0: on them. No, the focus is on Austin, because that's the, the... It should be it should be. I know, be like, it
1: should, but, like, that that was the problem with the invasion overall, is that it, it it focused too much on just WWF guys in the long run is whatever was what the problem with it was. Mm-hmm.
0: And then some for Vince.
1: Well, that's what he wanted to do to him at WrestleMania, but he didn't do it. And And we go off the air with the WWF fans getting flipped off.
0: Yeah, and I remember leaving the theater going, what the fuck? Well, there you have it, folks. 48 minutes or so of this watch-along, which I hope you guys stuck around and listened to the whole thing. Um, Overall, consensus of the pay-per-view, thumbs up, thumbs down, or what are you going to rate this whole show? I mean, much better than Victory Road, let's be honest. Oh, well, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I'd still give it a thumbs up. I mean, in the long run, knowing how we know it ended up, was the whole thing, was the whole angle a success? Obviously not. Wait, seriously?
0: I'm no, kidding. Like, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was like, what? I'm like, what are you setting me up here? No, like, was the whole angle a success? Obviously not. But, like, actually, watching this back, I haven't watched this pay per view in probably years. It's a good show yeah it's like it, it was a good show I mean even with
0: a lot of the filler matches it overall like the things that it hit the highest parts I mean of course you know there was a couple the showcase of Van Dam with the takeaways from that I mean Austin turning
1: the main event delivered um even that opening tag was nice for what it was the opening tag was good I mean there was a couple clunkers here and there. I mean, we were even joking that the brawn panties match, they were even trying to at least, like, make it like a contest. Like, they were doing moves you wouldn't see in a brawn panties match.
0: And again, I said this earlier, and I'll say it now. Hebner and Nick Patrick was more entertaining than William Regal and Raven. Sure.
1: Because of what it was. I'll concede to that, too.
0: And I said more entertaining. Calm down. You know, still the traditionalists here. They would still prefer actual wrestling, and those two can wrestle. But for an actual, like, entertainment, get in, get out, know your
1: time, know your worth, yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, like, overall, it was an entertaining show. I mean, did, did we as fans get what we had always wanted? No, but no. we got an entertaining show.
0: Exactly, and we got months and months of title changes and bullshit.
1: To... That didn't matter nope. until we got to Survivor Series.
0: Exactly. <laughs> we're speaking of Survivor Series, great little segue right there. The next time we're actually going to be doing one of these watch-alongs, and uh, reviewing a, a retro pay-per-view is actually going to be the 20-year anniversary of the Survivor Series 2001, which is kind of fun, because we're gonna book in, no pun intended for Bunker T, um, the start of the invasion, the start of you know the Alliance versus WWF to the end of the alliance versus WWE, so stick around of course that's going to be coming in november uh we have a whole bunch of stuff in between that you know we hope that you guys stick around and listen to until then jordan anything else you want to add before we uh we sign off for this pay-per-view no, i think i'm good all right well there you go <laughs> uh until then ladies and gentlemen my name's adam hayes thank you very much we'll catch you on the next one